so today uh, we are starting, I'm, I'm so excited, we're starting a series that's called Dream On. And this is going to be a study of the life of Joseph. And man, there are so many principles that we learn about our own lives by actually looking at Joseph's life. And so uh, he's known for, as many of you know, the coat of many colors, uh, the purity he was able to maintain even in the midst of temptation. He's known to be sold into slavery by his brothers. But I think that the most notable is actually that he was known for being a dreamer. Even his brothers, when they saw him coming, they'd say, oh, here comes the dreamer. And the truth is, is that we all have dreams. I have dreams, you have dreams for your family, for your marriage, your kids, a picture of what you would, what, what you would hope things to be like in your finances, in your career, your health. We all have dreams that we wanna see happen. We have you know, these visions or these desires in our hearts that we would like to see come, pass, come to pass. And so a, a lot of you might say, well, I had a dream and I fulfilled it, so I'm good. And some of you might say, well, I had a dream, but I lost it. And I don't feel like I can regain it. I don't even know if I have time to dream anymore. I don't know if I have the money to dream anymore. I, I don't know if I have that many years left to dream anymore. But for a lot of us, it's not that we don't dream. We were just, we're, have become convinced that the dream could never happen. I wanna tell you something right off the bat, okay? And that is that dreams are conceived long before they're achieved. So there's this space there, right? And my, one of my jobs as a pastor is to encourage you in that space. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the, and the end, but we've gotta live in the middle. We're stuck in the middle between the dream and, the, and those dreams being achieved or the destiny. And the sad thing is that a lot of people only live in the dream instead of the fulfillment of that dream, or in other words, in their destiny. Most of us live frustrated with dreams in our heart, a picture of a preferable future in our heart, but never accomplishing our destiny. Now, of course, our ultimate destiny is heaven, but here on earth, we have a destiny of purpose. And the question is, how do we travel from the dream to the destiny? How do we dream until those dreams come true? And I want to tell you, there are some tests that are awaiting us in between our dreams and our destiny, some tests that we have to pass if we're going to walk in and experience God's purpose for our life. And look, I just want to get you dreaming again. I want to get you put back in touch with the passions that God put in your heart. And I believe that all of us are dreamers. I think we're all, we all have those. My assignment is very clear. I want to help you not give up on those dreams. And this is why we're doing this series on Joseph, because all of us can relate to Joseph at some point in our life. He was a man who had a dream at a very young age, and God used him in an incredible, incredible way. But he faced a lot of setbacks. His story is like a roller coaster. I mean, it really is. And we're going to go through jo Joseph's roller coaster life, and we're going to learn how to discover, if you don't already know, how to discover God's dream for your life and your purpose in life. And then also, how do you hang on to that dream until those dreams come true? And so we, you, you really can't talk about dreams without going through Joseph's life. You know? and, and if you're new to Christianity or the Bible, Joseph is one of the oldest stories of the Bible. He's in the, it's in the first uh, book of the Bible, and we're going to start out today in the very beginning of Joseph's story, and it all begins in Genesis 37. 
Now, it says that Joseph, a young man of 17. Now, don't forget that, okay? Because sometimes I think we forget that this is a 17-year-old young man who has been given a dream by God, all right? But he was tending flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and sons of Zilpah and his father's wives. Now, just to give some context, all right? Bil, uh, Bilhah and Zilpha were the maids of Leah and Rachel. Joseph's mother was Rachel. Right? There's not a lot of backstory on Joseph's life except for that he was born uh, by Rachel, who actually happened to be Jacob, his father's favorite wife. Now, there's a lot of messed up stuff about that. All right? But Joseph, Jacob was messed up. He had a favorite wife. He had a favorite son. You could only imagine how that's going to go. All right? And so Joseph and his younger brother, Benjamin, and then uh, these, these other three had, uh, had 10 other children, and that made up the 12 original tribes of, uh, of Israel with the 12 sons of Jacob. And then so Je- uh, Joseph brought their, his father a bad report about the rest of the boys. So before he ever had a dream, he was a tattletale, all right? So he's a 17-year-old with a dream and a, tattle, and a tattletale, all right? Now, Israel, who was Jacob, his father, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age, and he had made him an ornate robe. That was the coat of many colors, okay? So when his brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. So Joseph is already working from a, just a jacked-up family, and he's in a negative space with his, brother, uh, with his brothers. His, his brothers have already decided, you're the favorite. You're the one with the silver spoon. You're the one with the charmed life, Joseph. And so he's starting out behind the eight ball. And then it, gets, it goes from bad to worse. Then he had a dream. And he was the 11th of 12 kids in his family. And he goes to his his 10 older brothers. And when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. All the more. They already hated him. All right? This doesn't doesn't make them hate him. They hate him all the more. Why? He's the baby of the family. He's daddy's favorite. He got the coat. He's the tattletale. And they were jealous. They were mad. They they hated him. And then, so he comes to him and says, listen. I had, let me tell you, I had a dream. We were binding sheaves or, or groups of grain out in the field, and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around and mine uh, and bowed down. And so let me tell you guys, you guys bow down to me. Praise God. That's just brilliant, right? I mean, the brothers that already can't speak a kind word, they already hate you, and then you're going to do this. See, Joseph shows us why, the, why our dreams don't happen right then and there. So why didn't God just give you a dream and then it automatically just fulfilled? Well, see, Joseph is not ready. This shows a person who has some character flaws, needs some character development. And that's why there's this space between your dream and your destiny because God has to work inside of us in the process. Then his brother said to him, do you really intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more, again, even more, because of his dream and, watch this, what he had said about the dream. See, it was his dream, but it was what, I actually believe that it was what he said that got him in trouble. 
But he doesn't learn. Watch this. Then he has another dream. And it worked so well with the first dream, he thought, well, let me do this again. And he says, so he went to his brothers. He said, listen. He said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. I'm sure they were just as excited to hear that dream as they were the first dream. And when he told his father, and, and his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Is, are you your mother and I, in addition to your brothers, now we're all going to bow down before you? And so Joseph, but he did have a dream, and it was from God. But he managed to use it to tick off everybody that he loved. Everybody they cared about. Because of how he treated the dream that God put on the inside of his his heart. And he won't actually, spoiler alert, he won't step, in, step into completing his dream until he's 30. He's 17 now. We'll go into when he steps into it in future messages. But what happens between the dreams and the destiny? What are the tests that we're going to face as we walk from dream to destiny? You see, we can't forget that the dream that Joseph received, it actually, it was from God. Now, how he handled the dream was not from God. The bragging that ensued afterward, it was not from God. But the dream was from God. But Joseph struggled with a problem that, honestly, I think all of us struggle with in some area. I know I do. And that is with pride. What I know is that all of us, myself included, we all deal with pride. In fact, we deal with it way more than once. We deal with it all the time. And the reason is that a lot of times we don't deal with the root of pride. We just try to deal with the fruit of pride, right? We want to address the external behavior. Don't brag, you know, those kind of things. And so we keep dealing with pride in our lives because of that, because we don't get down and dig down into the root of pride in our lives, okay? And you want to know most of the time what's at the root of pride is insecurity, Most of the time, insecurity is the root of our own pride, and it's rooted in insecurity. When you see a prideful person, you're usually seeing an insecure person overcompensating. See, and if pride is in your heart, let me tell you that insecurity is probably in your soul, all right? That's why when we talk about experiencing healing or or freedom in your mind, your will and your emotions in your soul... If you experience healing in your soul, you wind up with a pure heart. And everything from your heart flows inside out from that heart. So as long as you have insecurity in your heart, you're going to struggle with pride. Like, I get that. But I, look, I thought, I, had, I thought my soul had been healed. I thought I, had been, I thought I was done with pride. Yet I still find it continuing to creep up. Now, here's why. With every new challenge in your life comes new insecurities. Or let me say it this way. Every new level of responsibility, whether by God or by man, with with that comes, can I do this? Insecurity. And so like you're, you know, you might be walking along with God and everything's going well. and, And then suddenly there's a new responsibility. There's a promotion. Somebody's asking you, would you be willing to lead a team here at church? Or, hey, why don't you lead a meetup? You know, we've got that coming up. But then all of the insecurities start to rise up. You know, public speaking. No, I can't do that. And here's the thing is if we allow pride to take over, it 
it is rooted in insecurity that I have to be more confident in myself. No, you have to be more confident in him. Because if you don't, here's what I start thinking, you know? Well, you know, every time, I'm, it's about time they ask me. I've been trying to tell them forever that God is going to use me. And I really am good at this thing. And so it's about time you, you ask me. And so you start thinking, well, I really am God. Well, I mean, good. And then pride comes in and we have to deal with our insecurities. You know, when Satan came to tempt Jesus, he came to Jesus with this. Here's what he started with. If you are the son of God. Isn't that interesting? He leads with questioning Jesus's identity. And what's even more insightful is that Jesus, he didn't argue with him. I am too. Uh-uh, uh-huh, uh-uh. No, Jesus didn't do that. You know why? Because he knew he was. He had an accurate identity. Watch this. All insecurity is rooted in an inaccurate identity. See, if you don't know who you are, you become insecure. And if you become insecure, then pride begins to show up in your life. Pride is ultimately the, 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 the result of an inaccurate identity. Jesus knew he was the son of God, and this is what we need to do to understand, to, for us to be able to deal with our pride, is we got to know who we are in Christ, that we are children of God. And let me tell you, the dream that God has put in your life makes you no better than anybody else. The destination that he wants to take you to is way better than if you would have just solely tried to get there in and of yourself. And so here's the thing about your dream that you want to understand today. And that is that um, how you handle your dream, it actually matters. Because it, it's supposed to lead you to God's destiny, but if you don't handle the dream with humility, it actually de delays God's destiny happening in your life. Or it can short circuit it. I've, I, I know people all the time, they're super quick to tell me about the amazing things that God is doing through them and all these amazing things that they are going to do. And I'm thinking, yeah, you know, like, why are you telling me? You don't have to tell me. Joseph's brother didn't, didn't hate him because of the dream. He hated, they hated him because how he handled his dream, how much he talked about it, how much he bragged about it. And look, this is one of the first tests that we'll get when we get a dream. It's the pride test. This is why we've got to understand this very, very, very important point. Watch this. The way you hold the dreams God gives you determines if and when they come to pass. Think about it. How you hold the dreams that God gives you in your heart is going to determine if and when they actually come to pass. Joseph initially fails this test. And the, way, the reason I say initially is watch this. With God, he gives us second chances. He gives us other opportunities. We keep, how many of you have felt like you keep taking the same test over and over and over and over? I could spend the rest of this message just saying over and over and over and over. But God gives us another chance, more opportunities. And so be encouraged that if you have failed a test with your dream or in between your dream and the destiny, God's gonna give you another shot. He doesn't put an F on your paper. He just puts retake you get to retake it. Sometimes that's good news and sometimes that's bad news. But he gives you more chances to pass the test. But maybe you don't need to let everybody know about your dream all, 
all the time. Maybe you don't need to lead with how God's going to use you and what you're going to do and how, or how what you've done. And I know you're excited about your dream and you don't want to brag about your dream, but some of us, in order for us to stop bragging about the dream, sometimes we need to stop talking. You're making people mad with your dream. And sometimes we just need to stop and ask ourselves, question, what percentage of my conversation with other people is about me? That hurts me, let me just tell you, because I like me. But it's easy for me to come off with, when I talk a lot about, I, I've got all the answers and, and, I, you know, and I know all this stuff, but the spirit in which I talk to you actually reveals how I'm handling the dream that God put in my heart. You see, there's some people that they speak before, they think before they speak. There's other people that think while they're speaking. Know any of those? Are you? Am I? There's other people that think after they speak. Been there. And then there's some people that don't think at all. And that's that other person. Do I think out loud? Am I this verbal processor? Whatever your personality is, can I just recommend to all of us? Maybe we could press into becoming more self-aware. Self-awareness is our friend. So how do I become self-aware, Micah? Let other people into your life. Let them, give them permission to speak into your life. This is why meetups are so great. It's not just something else on your calendar. These small groups are an opportunity for you to get to know people. And, and, but we will never get there unless, we'll never get to our destiny unless we have other people around us that are helping us become more self-aware. People that will come out alongside of us and say, hey, you're talking a lot about you. Ow. Who, who gets to say that to you hmm? <laughs> without you slapping them? See, I've got people around me that I've given permission to speak into my life with no recourse. And I trust them and I listen to them. And they know how to appropriately do it at, a, at, a, at the right time and not in front of a bunch of people. But they have permission to speak into my life without me being upset because I trust them to speak into my life. And just to be totally transparent for a second, there's a reason why I do that. It's because I know who I am. And I know pride is waiting at the door. And I know pride can get into my life. And I've got to have people in my life that I trust so I don't let pride creep in. It's, it's something that all of us struggle with. And look, for some of, for some of you, if you want to know why you haven't why you've only received the dream, but haven't accomplished that dream, haven't walked in that dream, sometimes it's because we haven't passed the pride test. I have to ask myself, when I have a conversation with something, why did I feel the need to tell that person that thing? What was my, what was my motive for telling them that? Dig in, self-awareness. Why do I say the things that I do? Sometimes it's because pride is in my heart. Watch this. Jesus said this. The things that come out of a person's mouth comes from the heart. <laughs> Funny to me when people say, you can't judge me. You don't know what's in my heart. And I think, well, actually, I can tell what's in your heart if I just listen to your mouth long enough. I may not know everything in your heart, but I can get a glimpse of what in your heart, what's in your heart if I just listen long enough. Proverbs 4 says you've got to guard your heart because everything flows from it. 
And look, if we're gonna pass the pride test to get to our destiny, we're gonna have to deal with some things in our heart. And the way you know what's in your heart is what's coming out your mouth. Because pride always has to be heard. It always needs a voice. It always needs to give its opinion. It, it, always, it, it erupts other people. It w- talks over top of other people. This is all hurting me a lot, by the way. But pride will prevent us from stepping into our destiny. Watch this. In Psalm, Dave, David, call him Dave. He asked this question. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why is God hiding himself from me? I'm not getting any clarity. I don't know what my next step is going to be. I feel like I'm in trouble. You ever feel like God is maybe afar off? He's not revealing to you your destiny? Well, David finishes the psalm, and he goes through the song, and he's, he's describing this person. If, 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 God's, if, if God's vision for your life seems afar off, watch this. He goes on and he, he, he kind of answers his own question. He bo- because that person boasts about the cravings of his, heart, of his heart. Is it God's dream? Or is it just something you want? And in all your thoughts, there's no room for God. And, he will, and, and if you don't recognize God... In, in the dream, and you don't realize that the dream is his, then you'll, ha- you'll struggle. And then it goes on, and he says, in his mouth is full of lies, and trouble and evil are under his tongue. What's in your mouth? Joseph had a problem with his mouth ever before he, had, before he ever had a dream. He had a problem with his mouth before he ever had a dream. And when you have a problem with your mouth, you have a problem with your heart. God gives this dream to Joseph with all his brothers bound, bowing down before him. But let me tell you, that dream was not Joseph's destiny. Joseph's destiny and purpose was more than that. It wasn't that, that his brothers bowed down for him or to him. It was that he would save scores of people. He would be second in command in the greatest nation of the whole planet. That in the middle of a planet... Of a, of a famine, he would save hundreds of thousands of lives and his own family as well. That, see, Joseph took the dream and made that the destiny as opposed to the bigger picture that God had in mind. And he made it an idol to himself. It was all about him. Can I tell you, you being great just for the sake of you being great is not God's destiny for your life? People thinking that you're great, that's not God's destiny for your life. You helping other people is always God's purpose for your life. Your dream, you want to know what it is? Your dream will always result in you helping other people. Okay? That's a key. Watch this. James 4, 3 says, So when you ask, you don't receive, receive because your motives are wrong. You're asking so that you spend it on, your, on yourself. The dream that you feel like you have in your heart, is it your dream or is it God's dream? What's your motive? Well, I'm praying that God would give me influence. Yeah, but that's not for you. It's not for your success. It's, it, you need to be successful so you can grow his kingdom. It's very, very different, all right? Now, here's another reason why I think God gave Joseph this dream that was a glimpse into his destiny. And that is this, is that our dreams will reveal what's in our heart. Joseph treated his dream as though it was all about him. Is it possible that God gives us a dream to determine what's in our heart? 
and how we handle that dream rightly determines if we're going to get to our destiny. Look, it may, it may not just be about the dream. The dream may simply be a catalyst to reveal what's in your heart, how you treat it. The dream of God, the dream in your heart is not the same as the destiny. See, there's that space. And maybe you're, you've seen the dream and you're convinced that's the destiny. But it's just the dream. And God wants to do so much more than that if we will let him do work in our hearts. The dream is what puts you on the path to maturity so you can actually handle the destiny. Okay? Let me say it this way. If you can't handle the dream, you certainly are not going to be able to handle the destiny. This is why you see failures from people that make it big. Because the destiny will destroy you if you don't learn to handle the, the dream. It's the refiner's fire. It's how you purify gold. You heat up. The gold, so all the impurities rise to the top and you skim that off and you keep doing that. That's what I hope to do today. I know it's painful, but I'm hoping that all that rises to the top and you recognize it and you skim it off. And you're, Because your dream, if you follow it, it will turn up the heat and, and then you can get all that stuff out of you. Just like Joseph got all that pride out of him so that God could fulfill the destiny in him. See, Proverbs 29, you've got to have a vision, though. Without a vision, people perish. And that word vision, it means a sight, a dream, or a revelation. You see, if you don't have a dream, you're going to be adrift. And it's important that we do have this dream to impact the lives of other people in our hearts. And even more important than that is that we understand how to handle the dream, or it will destroy you. God has a dream for you, my friends, and how we handle that dream matters. So the question becomes this, how are you going to handle the dreams and the gifts that God has entrusted to you today? And here's my question. What person do we need to become? Who do we need to become so that the dream can become a reality? What does God need to refine on the inside of me? We just... Ask God, what are you trying to refine in me? And, and the response of the dream determines what, the, what, the, destiny, what the, the journey looks like to your destiny. And I thought about this last night. I was, what if Joseph had never told his brothers about the dream? Maybe he had a little self-awareness. They already hate me. I'm not going to tell them this. I wonder if his journey to experiencing the dream and the destiny... I wonder if it would look very different. But even in spite of his pride, his impatience, God still uses this young man, Joseph. Speaking of Joseph, back to the story. Because of his pride, his brothers hated him so much. One day, again, his dad sends him out to spy on his brothers, bring back a tattletale report. His brothers see him on the way. They're trying to figure out, God, man, we hate this guy. And they start thinking, well, maybe we'll kill him when he gets here. Maybe we'll stick him in a hole. And one brother says, well, we'll stick him in a hole and I'll come back and get him later. But they're trying to figure out what to do with him. So when he shows up, they actually, they attack him and they strip him from this ornate coat, the coat of many colors, and they throw him into an empty well. And then Providence, <laughs> or not, a... Um, a caravan come along selling or buying slaves to go to Egypt. So they sell him, they take his robe, they dip it into 
blood. They take it to his father, Jacob, and they tell him, they just give it to him and he thinks that his son is dead. But Joseph is on his way to Egypt, his destiny. And although he makes this huge mistake at the beginning, the good news is that he searched his heart and we never see that pride in him again. And he begins to understand that how you hold the dreams that God gives you determines if and when they'll come to pass. So we'll pick it up there next week in this series, Dream On. Will you stand with me?